0: Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Abby Sisco, and you're listening to PR Pop. If you're here right now, I'm assuming you also consume other sorts of media, so you've probably seen a content creator controversy or celebrity mishap. But what is actually happening when something goes wrong? When celebrities delete all their photos with that one friend, or a content creator makes an apology video? Join me and my guests as we talk about the wild, complex, and sometimes funny intersection between public relations and pop culture. Welcome, guys, to this episode of PR Pop. Uh, Today's episode, we'll be talking about Jeanette McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mom Died, which gets into her tough life as a child star. But first, I'll introduce our guests. So we have Caroline and Morgan on today. Uh, Will you guys introduce yourselves?
1: Yeah, I'm Caroline. I am a senior communication public relations major, and I'm also the public relations intern on our campus.
2: And I'm Morgan. I'm also a senior communications major. Um, my emphasis is in digital media and yeah.
0: Sweet. What kind of experience, I know you said you work in PR some, but I know Morgan, you have some experience as well in digital media. What PR experience have you been exposed to?
2: Yeah, so I'm the, actually the president of the Public Relations Student Society of America
0: at in yeah, yeah.
2: University. So I've definitely had some experience um, and exposure to industry. And just like being able to meet a lot of people in the upstate who work in PR.
0: Yeah, perfect. So yeah, they're going to bring their experience into this conversation today. So I don't know if y'all have heard. I'm assuming you might have. Have you heard of Jeanette's book? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, I'll give you a little bit rundown about why it's just come to be in general and who she is. So if you don't know who Jeanette McCready is, honestly, I wouldn't recognize her by name immediately until recently. Uh, I primarily just knew her face. But she is most famously known as playing Sam in the Nickelodeon show iCarly in her early teens. She's now 30 years old. Uh, She quit acting around... Like, I think it was 2016 or 2018. Um, and she since stated that those roles were really unfulfilling for her. She even said that she was embarrassed by those roles, which I thought was interesting. And so that, but that wasn't the only reason why she quit. A big part of her book talks about the struggle she had in child stardom. She experienced a lot of abuse, um, I think both physically and verbally, from not only her mother, but the director and probably some other people on staff. And so her child stardom experience was just traumatizing to her. And I think we see this a lot. This is not new. We've seen this a lot before, but this is one of the few instances that I've seen someone write a whole book about it and really bring it to light. And she does so in a very blunt way, as you can see by the title. So her mom pressured her into being um, an actor at a very young age and this was a dream of her mom's, and so that's, she said that that really influenced her, but also because they were not very uh, you know, financially stable and they needed a source of income. So Jeanette became that source of income when she became a star. So she attributes some of her success to the fact that that pressure was on her to do well and to succeed. And so, yeah, some other things that she talks about in the book is the eating disorder that came out as a result of her mom telling her to count her calories and to restrict her eating. Um, She developed anorexia. And this is an interesting statement that she said um, following the book in an interview. She said, I know if my mom were alive, I'd still have an eating disorder. It was only distance from her that allowed me to get healthy. She also said in the book that, well, I don't know if she said this in the book or other places, but she allegedly she rejected a $300 th- or $300,000 offer to not speak about mm-hmm. the, her time there. So that's kind of a messy rundown of what all she's talked about in her book and in interviews. What are your initial thoughts about this? What do, you, do you have initial thoughts or what are your predictions about what's about to follow? I love
1: that she wrote this book. I, I've been a fan of... Well, I was a fan of iCarly the whole time the show was on. Mm. Um, and I've always thought Jeanette was incredible. But obviously, there was this huge part of her story that you didn't see behind the scenes. So, mm. like, you're watching this character, and she's the funny character, and she's the tough character. But to think about how much she must have channeled that, like, that toughness from having to deal with that abuse all the time is wild. Mm. So, obviously, the title, like, it catches you off guard, especially right. if you have a living mom it's kind of like whoa okay that that feels like a lot um but when you hear Jeanette talk about the book or even read some about it it's like yeah this is this is huge and I think for other child stars who have not come forward with their stories yet Mm -hmm. I see a lot more people
2: coming forward after this
0: Mm, yeah
2: yeah I really feel like Jeanette was super brave um and is really acting like a trailblazer in a lot of ways you know like this Mm -hmm. is not some unique circumstance this is not I mean there's so many child stars. Specifically, I feel like women are so exploited, Mm -hmm. young girls really, which is so sad. But like, I mean, it doesn't have to be just be actresses. It can be singers. Like I know Britney Spears, and I think of Jessica Simpson. Mm -hmm. um, And you know, these common themes of not putting children in unsafe situations, their parents putting them in unsafe situations for financial gain. And I just think that This will definitely like launch a trend. I mean, I feel like it could be definitely very impactful in Hollywood. And hopefully, I'm not sure what kind of laws with like FCC or Mm -hmm. FTC, whatever organization handles that. But, you know, putting more strict laws in place for child stars, but not only child stars, but for like, you know, like child influencers on TikTok and Instagram, like these children needs protections. And Mm. she's starting a conversation.
0: Right. And you kind of touched on this, but like she said, and I think also her co-star, Miranda Cosgrove, maybe touched on this when you're a child, she said, you don't like realize what you're experiencing is trauma Mm -hmm. because it's only in her later years that she realized that that wasn't right. And so it was only in her later years that she realized that this wasn't normal because she didn't have anything to compare before. And she even said in an interview, and we'll talk about her interview with Drew Barrymore, that she made a lot of excuses for her mom. She said her mom was doing these things because she loved her and those kind of things. And then she realized that bounds that were overstepped. So yeah, after she... Quit acting. I actually didn't know this. Did y'all know that she did singing for a while? I did not. I mean, I really <laughs>
2: feel like cause she was on Sam and Cat.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
2: With Ariana Grande. Because if I'm not mistaken, Ariana Grande was still doing Sam and Cat, but then she was also like releasing music at the same time, like certain albums. So I feel like she really like skyrocketed to fame mm-hmm. out of all of the Nickelodeon stars. Yeah, for so sure.
0: Yeah, I didn't actually know it, like before I started like researching this. Yeah, she got into singing a little bit in Nashville, and then she also went into writing and directing. She actually directed a one woman film with the same name as her book. Have you seen this in other places, or do you think that this swift transition from child star? Actor to writer director. Do you think this helped her reputation and her image and helped her to change the way that maybe what she was famous for?
1: I don't know. I feel like there was a really, I mean, at least for me, it kind of feels like I didn't hear Jeanette's name for a long time after iCarly. And then obviously, then she comes out swinging with her show and then her book and everything. Um, So I don't know how much it fully transform. I mean once you start telling her story obviously yeah that's going to change your reputation but I think it's also very different having like a child character that she's known for to now like okay I'm an adult now I'm a writer I'm a director etc and the other thing is I think the writing gives her an avenue to channel all those emotions that she couldn't process as a kid so yes it changes her reputation but I don't know I don't know how to completely answer that question because I think it's it's just it's different it's hard to compare them because it's like child star in this thing that she was forced into being and now as an adult like owning her story and right. telling that story herself she has a lot more autonomy in that
0: right it's very different it's almost like she very unofficially rebranded it seems yeah. like mm-hmm. and she's not about acting it's about her writing her experience and telling her story and I think that's what she was trying to get across because she knew that the title was divisive and stuff like that but she was like well it's not it's for me mostly is kind of what the idea that I got but yeah did you have any comments about that Morden I mean I think like her
2: path was very drastic from going from child star to this like writer and all these things but I also think it's like interesting to see how her path varied from other child stars like I think of Miley Cyrus and like Mm -hmm. what she was doing and Lindsay Lohan and kind of like you know, they probably shared similar experiences, but there was this huge crash and burn for those women. Mm. And it was really like they were under so much public scrutiny. So I really like, you know, I think it's interesting that Jeanette took, you know, a different route and, you know, maybe even seeing that and wanted like nothing to do with that, understandably.
0: Right. What do you think she did differently that allowed her to succeed in the way that she received press? I mean, obviously it was controversial, but you know, she kind of did succeed in bringing attention to this issue where you said, like, maybe, like, Britney Spears' situation was really rough.
2: I mean, like, I feel like they were very, very publicly, like, Lindsay Lohan, too, like, Mm -hmm. very, very publicly criticized, like, tabloids every week, all of this very, like, sensational, and I do feel like part of it was just, like, the time period that we were in like the early 2000s you can just say whatever you want about any kind of celebrity you know Mm. like Jessica Simpson was like performing and she was like 130 pounds and they were like she's overweight Mm. you know like that doesn't really fly today so I think it's like a different culture where maybe Jeanette can come forward kind of you know and be like this was my experiences and maybe even like kind of off of the Me Too movement like you know like women are more comfortable coming forward and being believed. Yeah,
1: that's so true. I think there's also a sense of, like, Jeanette didn't have a public rebellious stage, if you will. Mm. I think that's so common with child stars, especially Disney stars. It's like the trend with Disney. But some Nickelodeon stars as well. Like, I mean, Miley Cyrus is a classic example. You know, you go from Hannah Montana to that classic VMAs moment where everyone's like, whoa, Disney star Mm. gone rogue. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of an example because then it's like, then you see the path that follows that. Jeanette never had that. She just kind of, I mean, it feels in a lot of ways like she hid because there were so many other headlines but obviously she had this other career that was going on at the same time um but then now coming forward and she might have had a rebellious stage that wasn't publicized probably Um, and in some senses this is a rebellion but a really like healthy beautiful brave rebellion now to Mm. say this is my story
0: yeah yeah and that reminds me of something that I don't know if I saw this in one of our PR classes or in an article or something but when you have a reputation of good PR management then you'll you'll come back a lot better. Mm -hmm. But if you've had bad experiences in the past with bad PR, bad publicity, that'll be much harder to come back. And it's unfortunate that even though, like you said, those people's, like, their trauma was real and valid, it probably didn't help the way that they were perceived later. Um, So it did help. And I think she did, like, I don't think, I don't know if she had a very public rebellion stage I know she did struggle with alcoholism and some other kind of maybe disordered eating still but I I, like I said I don't I think we've realized that we didn't really hear much about her I mean she has a fan base obviously like people are supporting her but that part of her life wasn't so public that it hasn't affected this this time now so before this, I had them both watch the, well, actually, it was Caroline, who you you told me about the interview with Drew Barrymore, and I watched it last night, and it was really good. They even said it was not press-like. Um, it was very conversational. Um, what kind of thoughts did y'all have about how that went?
1: I have grown so fond of Drew Barrymore. I think she's an incredible host, um, just what she draws out of people. And you can see, I mean, Jeanette mentions that. She's like, I feel like my wall's just dropped. Yeah, might not be a direct quote, but anyway, something to the- right anyway um so yeah she feels like her walls came down and she could just be a real human which I think is huge in the press world and as we think about PR like what does it mean to be authentic and tell authentic stories which is so hard when it's like we're managing a reputation but also like what does it mean to actually just be real and I think Drew does a phenomenal job of that and then Jeanette in this I mean Jeanette has stayed very real in all these Mm -hmm. interviews but it just felt more authentic and warm
2: right yeah I definitely feel like it was very authentic and I feel like you know, when we think about like Drew Barrymore's reputation, kind of going back to that whole wild rebellion, like, you know, early 2000s and the 90s, like she was kind of seen as like the bad girl, you know, mm-hmm. like, kind of mm-hmm. rebellion, you know, parents yeah. didn't want their teenagers to be like Drew Barrymore. And I feel like there was kind of a rebranding for her, you know, really coming into this whole like, kind of a, like, this knowledgeable person who you know, former child star and really has come out of that and, you know, kind of wants to act almost as a resource, like, to other people. And I feel like seeing kind of the generational differences, mm. like, but then the, also the shared between, like, you know, Jeanette mm-hmm.
0: and, like, Drew, like, I just think that was so yeah. beautiful
2: that they had that,
0: like, that moment. Yeah, because Drew also talked about her struggle with her mother mm-hmm. and I thought it was just, it, it. It was just so interesting in the way that Drew was asking Jeanette questions. And it was like you were just – they – obviously it was, like, edited because, you know, you see cuts and stuff, but it was not overly edited in any way or scripted. Like it felt like you were just sitting in the room with them having a conversation because Drew was like, oh, how do I handle this? And was, like, asking for advice. And then Jeanette was, like, giving her advice. And it felt like a very, like, heart-to-heart talk. So have y'all seen any – if any, have y'all seen any, like – hate or bad press or any hate that she's gotten from the result of her book i think the main backlash
1: i've seen it's usually from parents which is so ironic mm-hmm. but they're like essentially calling her ungrateful or some people are kind of saying like okay blah blah like wow wow you had a rich childhood and you're complaining about it type of thing because mm-hmm. um, there's some people who just don't understand the depth and the weight of abuse and what that means mm-hmm. so some people Some people might just be like, okay, well, you were rich and famous as a kid. Like, what's the problem? Congratulations. But um, obviously, there's so much more to that story, and I think it's incredibly insensitive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I do feel like I've seen, like, I mean, honestly, a generational kind of what you're talking about with, like, the parents are very, you know, critical. Not all, but some. Mm Mm-hmm kind of in that older generation are critical. And I think that's kind of like a mindset thing, you know. Some people in that older generation are like, oh, well, everything is so hard. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could have had it worse and all this stuff. But I think it really has resonated with the younger generation, not because all of our moms were, you know, managing us and as child stars. But, like, I think it's a common thing for girls to have, you know, difficult relationships with their mom. Um, a lot of girls have eating disorders. A lot of girls, you know, have, their moms have very high expectations for them and they feel like, I can't meet this. I, so I think it really does, like, it resonates with girls mm-hmm. and, you know, that, yeah. that young population.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point because it's not that you necessarily have to have dealt with being a child star and dealing with this kind of abuse. It's that most women, either they themselves or know someone else who has dealt with this kind of thing, whether that's, like, you know, eating disorders or, you know, a verbal abuse or something like that. That makes a really good point about why... I think she has received a lot of good feedback from it, even her not being, like, super popular. like And also, I say super popular, she's not, you know, not as big as, like, Ariana Grande, maybe. But as I was researching this, like, I didn't really see any articles that gave her any bad reviews. It was like, yeah, it's a controversial topic, but they all were centered around, like, her story, which I think was very beneficial for her for this kind of, like, press. So in the—I wanted to ask y'all, in the interview with Drew Barrymore, she said— talking about her title, she said, anything worth saying is probably going to be divisive. So what do you think about this statement in regards to PR? Like, how should those in the public eye talk about divisive topics? Should it be avoided? Should it be confronted? How, and like, if so, how do we do that? I mean, I really feel like timing and
2: then like Mm -hmm. the content of your message is very important because I think, You know, there are some people who try to be divisive just to be divisive, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think like it's very, I think, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate um, our audience and the public's ability to perceive things as authentic and inauthentic. Like people know when something is inauthentic. People know when you're just trying to like, you know, garner attention and stuff. So I don't know. I really feel like just like the level of authenticity in this is so clear and I just feel like it is divisive but it's not like a grab for attention right and I think that's clear
1: yeah I think
2: if the truth is
1: divisive then it is what it is like Mm. if I fully agree with Morgan that if you are just being divisive to be divisive yikes you should probably (laughs) not be in PR but if it is really the truth about a situation that is coming out and that's the thing that's divisive oh well um obviously I think there's there's a management of story there so like how much of this truth are we putting out there? How are we telling this story? Mm -hmm. Not to cover up, but like to clarify, not that you're leaving pieces out, but it's true. Like there's, that's the whole point of PR is not everyone needs to know the full story all the time, but like, what are we telling people? You know, how are we telling that story?
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point. And I think we've reached a part in internet culture where this is not, Like, no one banishes this kind of, like, I feel like it's less common for someone to just cancel someone for saying something that's a little bit divisive. Like, yes, I think we do polarize things on the internet sometimes, but she makes a good point, and you kind of touched on this as well, that if you're just going to say things that everyone agrees with, why would you say it? Like, I mean, you can, but it's, like, not interesting. It doesn't add value to anyone's life. It doesn't add change. So what she's doing is divisive, but normally things that are divisive initiate change or try to. So, and yeah, and she said in a interview, she said, I get that it's attention grabbing, but also something I mean sincerely. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, Caroline, similarly, she said that I think anyone who experienced child abuse will get it. And it is kind of humorous. I think that's why there is some divisiveness in it is because it's, she's making it funny. Mm -hmm. And they talked about in the interview and how they were like, yeah, humor is just a coping mechanism. Like, Mm -hmm. why don't, that's not bad. So... Why do you think that she got, to kind of summarize, why do you think that she got such a good response from her fans, from the press, you know, besides some parents maybe? But why do you think overall she got a pretty good response to this book that's been titled Very Divisive?
1: I think for a lot of people it was permission for them to think about their stories in a different way or maybe let go of something or grieve something in a new way like it's it's huge for a public figure to be like in the midst of my grief yeah I am gonna use humor I am gonna talk about it or like this really heavy piece of my story she might have given people some language and terminology they've never had before to say like oh wait that wasn't normal like wait that happened in my family Um, or that happened in my friend's family maybe she doesn't know about it so I think there's the whole concept of permission here is very, very interesting of once someone steps forward and says, this is my story, this is what happened to me. Others are kind of like, oh, I'm like allowed to explore that or Mm. talk about that or share that piece of me. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, it opens up a door for conversation for sure.
2: Well, I mean, I feel like it's very like relatable in a lot of ways. I think it kind of going off of what Caroline said, Like, I feel like it touches Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people because they can relate. But I also feel like people feel that it's authentic. You know, I don't think people think she's trying to play the victim or trying to like get attention. You know, I think she, you know, this is something that she could just keep to herself. This is something that she could explore in therapy and not really talk about um, because she's being very vulnerable. She's, you know, she spoke very, very bluntly about her experiences in childhood. And I think, you know, there's always the risk that she could you know, by publishing this book, she could be criticized. Mm -hmm. It could have gone very differently. But I mean, I think people see that authenticity and that vulnerability and they want like, they resonate with that.
0: Right. And you were saying like, she could have just kept that to herself. And I think that personal aspect that she could have kept it to herself, but she didn't. I think fans really like that. I know we keep using the word authenticity, but it describes it, I think, well. Um, Authenticity and personability and those kinds of things. And I think that's what people look for, really, in content creators. Like you said, normally you can tell if someone's just making content to to be viral or something, but this was very much sincere, as we can tell. What kind of PR things did you notice in this situation? So we talked about, you know, Obviously, the book title got attention, and the book cover, Um, she's been in many interviews talking about her situation and her relation to Nickelodeon and all that stuff. What kind of PR things do you think played a role in how things went? I think this is one that you might not think of, but it's also the most glaringly
1: obvious. We're talking about her vulnerability, and the thing with PR, like if you water it down, it is it is trust. It is, because it's all relationship and no relationship can exist without trust and that's the whole thing about PR is if an organization doesn't, or whatever, if an audience doesn't trust an organization, you have no relationship. Like that, that relationship is flawed, it's broken, you're not going to listen to a thing they say when it comes to PR. So I think the thing with Jeanette is because she's been so vulnerable, there's automatic trust there. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, like that. that's Jeanette. She's not lying to me, she's telling the truth. Like I can tell this is Jeanette. So there's automatically trust there there's a relationship that's built there which I think is genius I mean that's the whole book I don't think that's a PR Mm stunt but I also think it's amazing that it's at the same time that is PR Mm -hmm. so she's kind of inadvertently doing that right
0: not like doing PR because she had to to save face but it just happened as a result of how her acting in integrity and honesty and those kinds of things And I also think like kind of going
2: off what you said, like the trust that she built with her audience, like the one thing that I have really seen online is like her audience is advocating for her Mm -hmm. on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Like I have seen so many videos and so many people like writing, you know, about it on blogs, on Instagram. Like she really, you know, she's doing PR with these, you know, interviews and that kind of thing, obviously, but she has this fan base, and I'm sure she has so many more people who are fans because of, like, you know, her telling her story, and so, in a way, that's the whole goal of <laughs> PR, in a way, to, you know, have your audience be able to advocate for your brand or your organization.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, definitely, and that's definitely happened there. Become aware of, you know, her and her story, and they're adv- advocating for it, and it's not just all about her, too. It's talking about an industry problem, So I think because of that, too, people, she's going to get even more, I say press, not in a bad way, but it's going to get press, I think. And that's, you know, good because she's a part of being part of a change. Is there anything, I feel like this is a silly question because I think we've just been talking about how great it's been going, but is there anything you would do differently or how, or if you were her PR person, how would you handle things? How would you go about either promoting or putting her? in interviews, how would you go about being her PR person in this situation?
1: I mean, I think they've done a great job. (laughs) Like, Obviously, it's been super successful, and when the PR people can kind of step back and let it just move forward, I think that's a best-case scenario, which that's what it seems like it's been. I think one thing is just the engagement that comments bring is huge because in all of the videos there's just an outpouring of love and support in comments, which obviously we know boosts engagement on social media and Mm -hmm. whatnot. But then also responses to those maybe is a helpful thing and just kind of like, again, building those
2: relationships with her fans as she tells her story. And I think kind of going off of that, like, you know, responses, but I think also like providing resources, like, you know, I see, I see TikTok comments and comments on Instagram that's like, you know, yes, I felt like this. This was me when I was 12. This was, you know, whatever. So I think the PR aspect has been amazing, but I think, I'm not sure if they're already doing this, but. I think if they could provide resources, you know, of like, yes, if you you're not alone, Mm -hmm. if you've experienced this, please here are some resources. Here are some people that like want to hear your story and help you. And, you know, I don't really know if Jeanette wants to go on and, you know, try to advocate for this as like a political issue or, you know, try to with like laws and stuff. But I mean, I think that would potentially really, really help a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And so in a hypothetical situation, if she had gotten really bad press for this, for example, say fans were talking about it very negatively, um, and it was just that was the majority, how should a PR person respond to that? I think this situation is so
1: tricky because, again, it's her story. Like, this is, you know, right. the truth that she's telling Um it's not just like a, we have this random campaign idea. Let's try it and see if <laughs> it flops. But like this is a real human. And if your human is being attacked for just genuinely telling their story, I think that, I mean, that's gotta be overwhelming <laughs> as a PR person. Yeah. Um, I think I would still, I would just have her keep, speaking, I think in one sense, then there's an aspect of protection of like, okay, Janet probably doesn't need to see some of this. But at the same time, I think an in interview, you, I mean, you might cancel some interviews and say, you know, actually we don't want her talking to these people, but like, let's go to the Drew Barrymore's of this mm-hmm. industry and let's have her kind of receive some love publicly and see like, see her connecting with others as opposed to some of the interviews are a little more
2: cold and a little more to mm-hmm. the point.
0: Yeah. Um, what do you think her career is going to look like going forward?
2: I think I wouldn't surprise me if her career kind of took on more of an advocacy role if she worked with you know kind of uniting with former child stars so if she did kind of like reach out I know Josh Peck I believe he like shouted her out on Instagram for writing her book Um, and you know her co-star like maybe Miranda Cosgrove and they kind of came together and worked together Um, I don't really think that she would work Um, you know, as an actress again, um, I think that she's made that pretty clear that side of her career is over, but I think it would be really interesting just to follow her, you know, her directing career, but also her career as a writer. She's so thoughtful. And I think she's also so brave, like in her whenever she writes like it's so you know it's clear that it's like from
0: the heart right and it's like how she actually feels so it's authentic if mm-hmm. you will <laughs> it is if you will <laughs> um okay thank you so much guys for coming on the podcast to talk about this situation, um, a lot of these situations kind of often involve something heavy. Um, not all the time, but sometimes they do. But it's still helpful to kind of hear about how we should think about these things and how we should support those who are really um, fighting for a good cause. So, thanks, uh, Morgan and uh, uh, Caroline, for coming on the podcast. Um, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having us. For having us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of PR Pop. My hope for this podcast is it gives you something to take away that you hadn't thought of before, whether that's for a client or just for yourself. If you want to see more content from PR Pop or suggest a topic, check out the Instagram at PR underscore pop underscore podcast.